Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's not for us to decide what, what should be acceptable to Ukrainians. It's up for them to decide. Now, we know this doesn't end militarily. This only ends with a political resolution of some sort. But Ukraine needs to be able to decide that, when that is, what it is that they're willing to accept, and what it is they're willing to um, continue to fight over. And our job is to be there so that they can be confident that they can choose the moment. So uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau a few weeks ago on uh, Ukraine and the war with Russia and uh, the Prime Minister made an unannounced trip to Ukraine, to Kiev, and was there, met with um, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, brought along the Deputy Prime Minister, Ms. Freeland, and uh, announced, among other things, another $500 million. In support for Ukraine, uh, we've already given uh, in the neighborhood of a billion dollars, actually $8 billion, and and a billion dollars in overall support and a billion dollars in military support. I'm just a little confused about uh, the prime minister saying, among, among other things, there'll be more weapons systems, which is good, give, give Ukraine what they require. But I'm not sure about this fighter pilot training that he was talking about. What are we going to train them on? Uh, planes that are older than the MiG-29s Ukraine has now, the CF-18s? Our fighter pilots are not, to the best of my knowledge, trained on the uh, the F-16s, which is what the the Ukrainian military needs, and there's... Uh, Washington, uh, Biden has green-lighted the F-16 to be delivered to Ukraine. But, um, yeah, uh, it's a a very interesting trip, and we're joined by Boris Rezhnevsky, former liberal member of parliament. He was invited to sit with Mr. Trudeau during President Zelensky's address to the Canadian parliament last year. Boris, thank you very much uh, for joining us. I know you're struggling a little bit with uh, whatever's going around, but... Appreciate your time. What are your thoughts about uh, Trudeau and Freeland's visit to Ukraine at this time? Well, it's uh, it's actually now I've been critical in the past of uh, some of the uh, lack of action, but uh, this particular trip uh, and the announcement uh, in its various component parts, we can break them down into the four major parts. Uh, but it's a good and timely uh, trip and announcement right before the. NATO meeting in Vilnius and coming a week after the G7 meeting in Japan, where some of the preparatory work was done for uh, today's announcement. Um, As I mentioned, there are four important component parts, but you just uh, nailed one of those. And I think a lot of Canadians are a little perplexed, just as you are in in regards to the F-16. I actually raised uh, this particular point about a month ago, my former uh, with several of my former uh, cabinet colleagues, and uh, I and they were skeptical, and I said, "Look, uh, this is when the uh, this is in the early days of the discussion of, uh, around the F-16s." And I said, "You know, Canada can show some leadership on this. Uh, we don't have F-16s. What we do have is a training facility in Montreal, where even America, uh, the American." Americans send some of their uh, ace pilots for training on uh, simulators with a Canadian company that specializes in upgrading F-16 pilots' uh, abilities. And I pointed that out, that we have this resource. It's 
in Montreal. We don't have the hardware, but we could make a significant contribution to, uh, for Ukraine to control its airspace if we were to make uh, a commitment in training pilots. Uh, so uh, that discussion was taking place. Uh, I know it was taking place several uh, weeks ago back in Ottawa, and uh, most likely uh, it was discussed in Japan during the G7, and the Prime Minister decided to uh, announce it today. Uh, the question then becomes, how many? Hopefully it's not a miserly number of pilots that will take on uh, the training for, um, hopefully not you know, five or, or, or so, uh, a more robust number of 20, 30, uh, would be uh, would be a proper uh, announcement, and uh, it's not just um, the airspace above Ukraine. Ukraine has a very long coastline, and they don't control the airspace above its Black Sea coastline, and that's really critical uh, for Ukraine to be able to control that airspace. F-16s and pilots trained on F-16s could help in that, and it also has very important implications on the global uh, food supply chain. So yeah. that was one component part of it. That's good to know. I didn't know that Montreal had that F-16 uh, training facility, and, and it's good to know that they have the simulator because the F-16, even though it's been around for a while, people will say, well, that's an older, that's a gener fourth-generation fighter, and the Russians have fifth-generator fighter, fighters. Yeah. That F-16 is very still a very serviceable uh, fighter plane platform. And and Ukrainians uh, have looked into this, and they're they're really hoping to put together a a fleet of F-16s to help them with some of the challenges uh, that they're facing uh, against, as you said, fifth generation Russian planes, but also a huge armada of Russian planes. Right. Uh, they have a huge number of them. So so it's uh, you know I'm very critical of uh, Mr. Trudeau, and and I you know the cynic in me says. Great photo op at a time when he's in trouble, but let's uh, break it down and look at what he's, what he's announcing. It's what Ukraine needs, and they're about to launch, or they've already launched their counteroffensive against the Russians, so let's do whatever we can to provide them with assistance. So I'll give them, I'll give them props for that. Yeah. Now, this doesn't help them in the immediate uh, moment uh, when this counteroffensive uh, counter has begun. And let's remember... You know, it's 1,500 kilometers of front line. Right, right. And uh, the burn rate of ammunition, uh, artillery and ammunition, is, is just incredible. So this announcement for $500 million of ammunition, it's also a great announcement that I will, as I'm sure many will be following closely, because there's a, a real sort of malaise when it comes to procurement uh, of... Uh, oh, we're not good at that, Boris. <laughs> no, no, we have... Not a, for our a, own, a, not for our own military. <laughs> Look, in Latvia, our, <laughs> our, uh, uh, we head up the mission, NATO mission in Latvia, and our soldiers are having to buy their own uh, upgraded helmets. So that doesn't inspire confidence. But no, it does not. following this carefully to make sure that this commitment, and the Prime Minister made this commitment, uh, not just in front of the media or in a press conference, he did it in a speech to Ukraine's Verkhovna the, the equivalent of the House of Commons, with mm -hmm. the president standing there and every Ukrainian parliamentarian present. So there's not a lot of political wiggle room on these commitments. Well, I'm going to be speaking with uh, Ambassador Alexander Sherbert tomorrow. Uh, he'll be with us as, as scheduled. We talked to him a lot. 
about what's going on. But the, the sense is that the counteroffensive has begun, but it hasn't been officially announced. Do you, and do you have a sense that, that it's on? Because we, I've been hearing that Russian troops are uh, doing what they do so well, turn around and run. Uh, it's definitely on. And uh, the Ukrainians have been uh, shown incredible discipline uh, in not uh, communicating what is actually happening right. on the front lines. Uh, the Russians uh, are uh, have an empty well, uh, uh, media space to uh, for their propaganda, so they've been showing various clips of one unfortunate uh, uh, advance that, that occurred. But uh, this morning, I understand that there were a number of advances made past the first line of defenses in uh, several locations in Zaporizhia Oblast in the south, on the south uh, southern front. Uh, it's encouraging, but these are very early days. And uh, let's keep in mind that the Russians have had almost a year, 10 months, uh, to dig in. And they have three lines of defenses, and they have vast quantities of ammunition and artillery that they will be using. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 